Hello, and welcome to the Parunity Podcast. Tonight we have with us Aubrey Baldwin from Thin Line Paranormal, based out of Coatesville, Pennsylvania. But before we bring Aubrey on, let's talk a little bit about Coatesville. Located in Chester County, Coatesville sits about 39 miles west of Philadelphia along U.S. Route 30. Coatesville came to be when villages of Bridgetown and Midway merged in 1834, creating the borough. However, the citizens didn't vote to make it a city until 1915, still making it the only town in Chester County. Jesse Kersey, son-in-law of the town namesake Moses Coates, founded the Brandywine Ironworks and Nail Factory around 1810, which grew rapidly along with the town and became Lukens. Coatesville, still growing so rapidly that at one point it was known as the Pittsburgh of the East. Lucan's Steel continued to grow and even had the first female CEO in the industry until being bought out in 1997, which brought about a halt to the expansion of Coatesville. The steel company was sold many times, each reducing the workforce. Coatesville has had many opportunities to regain the growth, but a series of bad luck has plagued the city. The redevelopment plans were filled with controversy and a series of arsons, 70 in total, caused millions of damage and dozens of people homeless and the death of a World War II Holocaust survivor. Another interesting fact is that Lucan Steel actually forged steel beams for the World Trade Center in New York. Some of those beams, known as trees, were the ones that remained standing after the attacks of 9-11. There have been many reports of hauntings in Coatesville. The steel mill itself has had a few. There have been reports of people vanishing behind machines and a man in a white lab coat in the lab that will vanish before your eyes. Many residents have reported seeing apparitions all over town that will look in at them through their windows and then vanish or just float up out of the ground and walk around. The town also seems to be plagued by a litter of ghost cats that will randomly appear in people's houses before again vanishing when people try to get close. Nearby, in West Grove, Pennsylvania, is the Red Rose Inn. The inn, built in 1700s, is home to a horrific story of Indian Joe, who was hung in front of the inn and buried at the location for the murder of a young girl named Emily. Joe turned out to actually be innocent, and his spirit has been seen on property. Emily has been seen here as well, in the main floor ladies' room, and at the top of the stairs holding a doll. Elderly ladies and gentlemen spirits have been seen in the lounge, and one man is also said to wear a ghastly plaid jacket. Also nearby, in West Chester, Pennsylvania, there is the site of the Revolutionary War Battle of Brandywine. This area is said to be rich with wartime ghosts, soldiers, and horses haunt the area, and sounds of battle including gunshots, swords, shouting, and even cannon fire can be heard. Now, help me welcome to the Parunity Podcast, Aubrey Baldwin, for a first-hand look at some great haunted locations and some insight into the science of paranormal investigations used in Coatesville, Pennsylvania. Aubrey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Brandon. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm glad we were finally able to get this going. For our listeners, um, Aubrey and I have been working on trying to get a chance to have a conversation together since about last June. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. It's been a little crazy for both of us, I hear. Yeah, yes, it has. But we finally got there, and we get to hear all about everything going on in Pennsylvania now with Aubrey. So, Aubrey, what got you interested in the paranormal? Well, one year, uh, well, I was about four years old, and I had a weird experience of some guy in my that used to live in my closet. Um, he kind of looked like this atypical hippie, uh, but the cool type of hippie with a fro on his head, and his name was Alphonse. 
he would pop up kind of like a uh, kind of like a comfort type of thing if I got really upset, really angry that this entity would show up. Now, is he like full bodied, or is it more shadow oriented, or full body, almost as clear as an actual human being? Okay, so the, it was full on colored. You could make out everything then. Everything. That's really cool. And he hung out in your closet. Hung out in the closet would would only come out when I would have you know severe issues like. Like again, uh, if I was upset, if I was angry, and that's that's the only time I could really tell it when he would show up. Hmm. So, do you think he was just kind of more of like a guardian, or just just happened to be feeling your vibes and came to help you out? He, I kind of refer, I kind of felt like he was the buddy buddy type of thing, you know, because sure. I think at that point, um, I, I was still the only child. Oh, okay. So he was just kind of help watching out for you. Yeah, he, he was like, like my uh, uh, my buddy watching my back. Nice. As I, as I would kind of say today. Yeah, and then in your bio that you had that I had read about you, 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 you said that it was completely normal. To me, I thought it was completely normal. When you're when you're four years old, your kid, okay, this happens to everybody. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, no, I don't think that was normal. <laughs> well, I mean, out of all types of people you could have, I mean, I guess a hippie type guy is kind of the best way to go. Yeah. At, at, that, at, at that point, roughly in about, it was uh, 79. Um, yeah, that, that seemed kind of normal because people, people in that neighborhood kind of still dressed like that. Sure, absolutely. You know that was right, right around that time. And I mean, you guys aren't far off from from New York and all the happenings that happened out there with Woodstock and everything back in the yeah. earlier years. So, uh, as, as I used to say, "Them's were the days." <laughs> them's were the days. Well, mm-hmm. Aubrey, how long have you been investigating then? Uh, only for a few short years, but this type of thing has always been a part of my life. I've always been uh, super sensitive to the other side. Um, throughout my life, I, I've had a variety of different experiences and, and things that would happen. It, it's it's been an interesting ride for 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 many years. Yeah, and you've actually been studying a lot of different things too, like ghosts and alternative religions and stuff like that. Correct. Oh, that is correct. I, I've studied a multitude of many different religions. Um, some of them, as I would call, very organized. Some of them, maybe a little off the beaten path. A, a couple of them are nature-based. Sure, sure. And then I also heard, too, that you were um, an empath, and you kind of have a little bit of like that psychic medium type thing, correct? That is correct. Okay. Do you guys, or do you do, um, like, readings for people and healings and stuff like that? Yes, I have. As a matter of fact, one of the uh, last actual daytime jobs I worked, I would do um, 
cleansings, healings, and readings for the ladies I used to work with. Oh, perfect. And it seemed to calm the energy down in the house when I would do them. But as newer people would uh, come in, um, I had to stop it at one point because some of the emotions and vibes that were kind of going through that place when the new people would come in, I wasn't comfortable doing it anymore. So at one point, I actually had to stop. But I still still do them from, from time to time. Sure, and I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And, I mean, you and I are actually pretty similar in this because, um, you know, your background growing up religiously, you were Catholic. Um, mm-hmm. I'm exactly the same way. Um, I, as well, I'm a Christian ordained minister, and I use that ability to be able to go and help help clients that we have with my team do cleansings and clearings and kind of help any way I can with it and Mm -hmm. but I agree you kind of it takes so much out of you to be able to do that type of stuff I actually had an instance where I read nine women in about an hour and at one point they tried to ask me for more the next day I said I need a week oh yeah really I need a week to chill yeah I um I had a place that I I did a, a clearing on and I just I was so exhausted by the time I was done like you know usually I don't feel too bad afterwards I'm a little little wore out just from the you know the emotional and exertion that you that you put into the place but it was so bad I I literally slept for almost 3 days afterwards I just I couldn't do anything yeah, I uh, had done a cleansing for uh, someone, and the entity that was in the home was actually attached to an item. And, oh, wow, I actually had to go back a couple times because it was still kind of iffy there. Sure. But but the the people that used to live in the house, you know, I made sure everything was good before they kind of moved out because I guess at one point it was kind of too much yeah well and, and that's hard too especially when it's an object attachment oh yeah well w- once uh, everything was good to go I had a friend come up from Philadelphia who was more into the uh, a different type of magic that I had been into she actually came up from Philly through sea salt on the desk and took it right with her uh, according to her, I think she still has it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, everything's been calm since, so who am I to knock it? Yeah, no kidding. If it's if it's working, go with it, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, I know you are up in the Coatesville area in Pennsylvania. But the, uh-huh. the team itself is kind of based out of Chad's Ford, correct? That's correct. That's where that's where the area where we had our very first uh, investigation. What had happened was um, two individuals, um, my current teammate Josh and a former teammate Sasha, um, I had met them through uh, a few paranormal tours I used to run for a battlefield up in 
Malvern. So the one night they say, hey, we have access to a museum in Chatsford. Would you like to come with us? I said, does a flying squirrel have air brakes? Okay. <laughs> I'm good to go. But from that point, even though I kind of meant it to be a teaching experience, since I had grown so comfortable with them over the matter of a couple of weeks, I said, well, let's just make a team and that's where the whole team concept came out of. Sure, and it's all history and, from there, uh, right? Exactly, and the, the name uh, came from uh, several thoughts I was having in the head. I said, I, I walk a thin line between this side and the, the other side, and you know, I want to find out the, mis the mysteries of that other side. So thin line just kind of stuck. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect name for a paranormal group because you're right. Everything in what we do is paying a lot of attention to that thin line that runs between our side and the other side. So, I mean, it's mm -hmm. spot on. Oh, yeah. And, and, and speaking of thin line paranormal, you're actually looking for new investigators, correct? Yes, we are. Originally, we had started out with four, including myself. Um, sadly, some people had moved away. Some people had had um, issues that were, were too hard to deal with. So I'm, I'm looking to bulk up the team a little bit. Sure. You know, get some new blood in there. You know, just see what happens from there. Absolutely. Um, what's the best way for them to contact you if they're interested? That would actually be through our email, which is thinlineparanormal, all one word, at gmail.com. Or if they find us on Facebook under Thinline Paranormal, we will accept uh, instant messages and personal messages there as well. Absolutely. Well, we will definitely make sure to put links to both of those in the show notes tonight, so that way if they don't remember listening to the show to contact you if they need to contact you for anything they can look you up on there too awesome perfect well tell me a little bit about coatesville and the area around there because i i know you said that it's probably about 20 minutes from where you're at now to chad's ford where the where the team is based out of so what are some good haunted locations in that area well, fortunately, I just have I happen to make a friend who sits on the both of the Coatesville Historical and the Downtown Historical Commissions, and they had given me uh, ideas of where to look. One being the Luke and Steele Mansion, which is actually a very old uh, Victorian mansion. Um, you can feel it when you pull around in the back of the parking lot. It's like instantly you feel eyes on you. Hmm. Um, there's also the old Callan, Callan Meeting House. Um, there are several interesting cemeteries in the area. I believe one is up on a hill, which is up past 4th Avenue, but I haven't known a lot of people to go there. It's usually pretty quiet, and uh, with, some, with some places, you know, you, you just... Before you do anything, you always want to go ahead and ask permission of the owners first. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, there's, there's places in Westchester. I know the cemetery. 
where several of my family members are actually interred. That place gets a little creepy at times. Um, one of the more interesting experiences I had there was I had gone to visit uh, an uncle's uh, plot, and right next to it I had um, noticed that there was a small American flag in the next plot over, and it had fallen over. So out of respect, I just I just fixed it. I straightened up the marker, which I noticed it was like a U.S. military marker or something. Okay, this is a, a veteran. Uh, I'm going to show respect, but it was weird. Every time I would go there, from that point on, I, I just had the weird name of uh, Tad pop in my head. I'm like, okay, I'll make sure I say hi to Tad, too, before uh, I go anywhere. Well, one holiday, I, I had gone there, put flowers on a few spots, and um, I decided to clear off, quote, unquote, Tad's plot made sure the marker was fixed and so on. So I decided to clear roughly about two inches of grass that had kind of grown over it. I was actually right in guessing here. It was a World War One soldier that had been uh, buried there. And uh, I, I figured out why I kept calling him Tad. Here his first name was Thaddeus. Oh. I, I just, I'm like, son of a gun. <laughs> so, so, so it's like every time I go there now, I make sure the spot's kind of cleared off. I say, hey, Tad, how you doing, buddy? It's like I get the feel-good vibe, like, hey, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> sure. Well, and it's interesting, too, that he would have that kind of connection with where he's interred. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's weird. It happens in several places. Huh. Like, so if, if I go, if... um. Like, I, it's a little ability called uh, psychometry. It's like you go to touch an object and you kind of get all the feels that kind of went with that object. Sure. Uh, there's a place in Malvern. It's a pizza place, really good spot. And I go in there and I'm looking around. I'm like, this place, this, this place isn't original, is it? And the person that was with me, he sat on, sat on the Malvern Historical Commission she tells me, no, but what are you getting? I said, I kept getting the, the letter B and people going in and out, in and out. I said, I'm like, was it, was it like a bike shop or something? She's like, yeah, back about a hundred plus years ago, it was a, like a Victorian bike shop. That's cool. <laughs> and, you, and you hear like the old school, like ring, 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 that kind of, um, bicycle, uh, not bicycle horn, but uh, like a bicycle bell kind of ring. I'm like, <laughs> she's like, that's weird that she would pick that up. I said, I know, man. It it just happens in some places. It just like hits me hits me like a wall. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some places around that just, you know, like that's a perfect example, Beth, of being a bike shop. I mean, what kind of person doesn't have that type of happy memory thinking back? You know, thinking back to your childhood, you know, what was one of the funnest things you did when you were when you were a kid? Well, riding your bike. So especially especially in more in the Victorian times, you know, they didn't have TVs and all that stuff. So they spent a lot of time playing outside, riding their bikes. So, of course, 
you know, I could totally get the the positive vibes and everything coming from that place. Yeah, that's that's like with, with all the experiences I've had in those specific buildings that 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 really play into like one of my favorite theories, which is stone tape, the stone tape theory. Why don't you uh, tell us about it? Um, it is said when people have strong emotions, when people go to touch walls, stomp around, get angry in a, in a house, a location, those emotions, that anger, everything is recorded on the walls, on the floor, on the glass. And at some point, not knowing how, not knowing when, it could be weather, it could be lightning striking, who knows? But those moments will come back and replay themselves. Now, for someone like me, I'll see those when I go to touch those walls, those floors, and that glass. It's something that'll just keep playing over and over and over. And that's what I also like to say it is... Um, why a lot of places will seem to have more of a residual haunting than an intelligent one. So, so you're saying that, um, and I, I mean, I agree with you completely here. So, you know, you're, you're upset and you're stomping your feet in your house or you're, you know, hitting your hand against the wall to kind of let off your steam. But what you're actually doing is, is you're releasing little bits of energy of it into the walls and I'm assuming due to like the makeups of the walls or the stuff in the walls, it, it, it's, it's maintaining that energy. And then when the atmospheric conditions or the time conditions are correct, they're, you know, line up, it, it, it replays the sounds or the, the feeling that was put into it. Correct. Correct. Okay. And you're right. I mean, you think about those places that have those footsteps or the knockings or anything like that, and, and you dig into the history of it. You know, a lot of them times with those types of places, there was a pretty troubled past to them. Oh, yes. So. As a matter of fact, one of the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, one of the um, – Places that I had worked had a, um, it did have a creepy vibe, and there were instances where throughout the night the people I would work with say, oh, it sounded like kids were running out up and down the hall. It sounded like people were playing. It sounded like uh, some people were carrying around like heavy keys and such. And as it turns out, the location um, actually at one point was a, if I if I'd read correctly, a children's uh, it was like a small children's farm and the uh, epileptic uh, center for kids. And from what I was told about the place, um, they did uh, experiments on some of those kids. Oh, so no. I can understand maybe why the kids were running around or um, you know, keys jingling. That may have been the people watching the kids, making sure they were locked up at night and stuff and. That strong emotion, that's probably why why it hit me a lot when I would go to work there. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, I mean, it's it's horrible to think about the fact that they're, you know, they were doing stuff like that to the children. But, um, 
I mean, it, it happened, and but I, I guess it brings to mind the question, and you may you may have a different feel on this, just because mm-hmm. you, with your background and everything that you've done with it, um, do you necessarily feel that it's a child spirit? Or would you say it's something else posing as a child spirit? As I have learned in the past, um, I've learned that sometimes those particular entities are what I like to call the wolf in sheep's clothing. Sure. I I take those with a grain of salt. I am very careful with those. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the people that I've talked to really kind of in the mindset of, you know, it's usually nine times out of ten not necessarily a a child. Exactly. It's something that just wants to attach itself and drain you, possibly cause you to do bad things yourself. Yep. Well, we've talked about a lot about a few of these different places out in your area. What would you say is your favorite to investigate? Hmm. I I have I actually have a few. Um, one is the the first place that the team and I had actually investigated. This very it's very small. It's the uh, Sanderson Museum out in Chadsford, and the reason I like it so much is because um, Christian Sanderson was a collector, and people would send him things like. He has old Boy Scout patches hanging up, the three or four violins, five violins that he used to use throughout his life, those are hanging up. Um, There's actually a small sphinx someone had sent him from Egypt, and they had found it near Tutankhamun's tomb. And, of course, when I had seen that, I said, can you just open up the case for, like, a second? I just want to touch it, please. Can I just (laughs) touch it? There's also a handbag, like a little small fancy beaded thing that was in the, um, I believe it was the Jenny Wade house. Okay. And someone had sent that to him, and you can kind of feel like all the interesting vibes of that particular item and throughout the house. Um, when we investigated there, at one point we thought the... Uh, energy was kind of slowing itself down a little bit. So looking around, I happened to see these posters of when Mr. Sanderson used to play his violin at um, square dances in the area. So I said, hmm, bright light. And I uh, I found some square dancing music, started playing, the energy just amped right up. Oh, I bet. So, so it was like Miss, Mr. Sanders like, hey, these people get me, so I'm going to hang around for a while. Okay. <laughs> okay, and every time I go there, I I play that music, and stuff just starts happening. The energy pops up, the K2 lights up all the way into those beautiful colors. Um, although at some at times I have to be very careful there. Because the last time the last time I was there, I got jumped. Not physically, but spiritually, in a sense. Can you 
Can you go into it a little more detail? I or? One, one, I think, I believe it was um, Mr. Sanderson's mother. Because the room that we liked going in the most, where we would get a lot of activity, um, she, that was actually her bedroom. That's where she had died on uh, Christmas morning many years ago. And she was constantly cold. She she worried about her son. She wondered where he was. Hope I'm hoping they actually met up somewhere on the other side. But the other one that was there, from what I was told, was just laughing at the team and, and just seemed somewhat maniacal. Hmm. It, it took it took almost two hours for someone to actually knock some sense into me, and I'm like, "What? What? What? What's going on?" And they just looked at me as if I had a third eyeball in the middle of my head. <laughs> they they did. They're like, "Where were you?" I said, "Wasn't I here? Did I take a nap or something?" And then they proceeded to fill me in. Hmm. Okay, well, I think I'm going to run down the street now to get that coffee. Um, I'll see you guys later. You're just kind of like, wow. Uh, And see, that's why um, I was worried about the one particular teammate having some issues because if that had, uh, if that was a lot more worse than what it could have been, um, I need people that are reliable enough to go in, say what prayers, go into my bag and get what supplies are needed to get me out of it. Yeah. That That's also why I'm looking for people. I want someone that's going to know what to do. I need people that know what they're going to do. Sure. Well, I mean, you can, you can train them too. That is true, but if someone, if someone has that knowledge, if someone can do that already that that does make things a lot easier yeah no i agree well what what's one of these other places because you said you had a couple oh i have another one um i used to run paranormal tours there it's the paoli massacre battlefield in malvern pennsylvania okay the first time i was there was the first time i was there i was just a guest on one of the tours and um, my, a friend of mine had my dowsing rods. So at one particular spot, she goes, um, she asked the question, was anyone here in the battle? And of course, the rods weren't making their yes or no answers. They were kind of swaying back and forth. I'm thinking, hmm, either spirit is confused or um, we're too bunched up together for them to make an answer. Okay. She asked us to all spread out. Um, upon spreading out, she asked the same question, and those things took an extreme right turn and pointed to me. I said, wonderful. Now they're picking on me. Um, <laughs> we had a few other sensitives in the group, the two women came up with some initials and uh, a name, a a first name, so fortunately one of us had a book which had all the um, 
wounded and uh, killed in action at the Paoli battlefield for the Battle of Paoli, which wow, um, there are a bunch of people. Uh, we found a name that matched the um, the initials. The per- the individuals was a private. He was in the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Eleventh. His name was George Byler. He was from Lancaster County. And um, as it turns out, he was uh, wounded in the shoulder. And that that wounded in the shoulder explained the sharp pains I was having up in my left shoulder because it felt like someone took a bayonet and kind of ran it through. Hmm. For a minute, I thought I was having a heart attack. No, uh, wrong side. Um, but it just, oh, it was strong. It felt like a knife going through me. That's crazy that he would project that feeling onto you. Oh, yeah. And, and see, he, as I like to say, he likes to rear his, I won't say his ugly head, but every time I seem to go around that particular battlefield and I'm on my way home, um, I get these weird cravings for um, roast beef and cheese on rye bread with a cup of black coffee. Sounds like something they would have served in the in, in the in the military back then. It sounds like something they would do because when I when I would always get the roast beef, I would actually get them to put more salt on it. And salt back in those times was a preservative. Yep. So that's why I always had to be salty. The cheese tasted um, was almost as thick as some of the cheese they would actually have back then, and dark bread. That's, that's, yeah, that's kind of easy to figure out. <laughs> and black coffee, they didn't have, they didn't have coffee made or, um, or Splenda back then. So it's like, oh man, this is good. So that could have been something they easily just made right there. Oh, absolutely. Now, I, I may be correct, but I may not be, um, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, that's more of a, um, an Amish county, isn't it correct? Correct, and and the name Byler is one of the more popular names next to Yoder in that area. Sure, and and um, at least I know around here some of the 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 communities that they have around in our area that rye bread that's one of the more commonly made home breads for for the Mennonite people. Oh yeah. So it's just. It's kind of neat to see the coincidences as they just kind of unfold as you're telling the story. Yeah, it, it's like there are too many coincidences to, like, say, to, to disprove it or anything. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, the last, the la- uh, just to pop in there for a second, the last tour that I ran there, um, we they let me pick all the spots this time. We usually set up five stations. And I said, I'm going to the fourth station. They're like, wait a minute. Are you sure? Because in that area, spirit in that area does not like me. Because of what I can do. Even when I had set up my SB7 spirit box and was running it for roughly a few minutes before my first pack of guests, um, they were letting me know that they did not want me there. They're like, get out. Leave. 
And then they started referring to things like the devil and evil. They said, I'm not moving. So when my first group of people showed up, I'm sitting there. I have a few pieces of equipment, which I was nice and I let some people borrow to try it out. I told them how to work and explained how to use them. Um, people were using their equipment and they're saying nothing's happening. I said, okay. So I sat there, got into a light trance state, went somewhat heavily meditative. Uh, and one of the people that worked at that battlefield um, took two pictures. The first picture was it looked like there was this huge heavy mist around me. The next one, 20 seconds later, was clear. Upon checking that picture out further, um, of course, a flash had gone off. It looks like that thing is almost, that mist is almost solid. It's like it's creating its own shadow. And, and it looks like there are several faces or images within that mist. And it look, kind of looks like one or two of the images have their arms around me. It's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're saying they're not going to let anything mess with me. And mm. at that point, the, their K2 started going off. Orbs started showing up in pictures. The static electricity in the area was insane. So now you've kind of tempted my taste buds here a little bit. Um, do you know what or who those entities are that just don't like you in that section? Um, I believe these to be somewhat darker spirits. Um, at this particular battlefield, I believe that there's a, a portal. Because in, pa in past uh, tours that we have run, we've not only got uh, soldiers and uh, British soldiers, we've gotten people that may have passed within like the last year. Um, at one point I had caught uh, my mother's voice coming through, somebody's uh, echo box. And the way her first name was said, I'm like, yeah, that's her. I said, how can you tell? I said, because she says it just like that. Hmm. So I'm I'm thinking they, they 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 came from somewhere and they sometimes they sit there and wait sometimes they just go about their business. But on that particular night they just you know as I said they they don't like me down there because of what I can do. Yeah, they probably feel it as a threat to them because of the abilities that you mm -hmm. have. You can. One, point out that they're there, and two, you can get them out of there if you need to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's like ever since then, um, it's like I feel like a couple of those soldiers are with me, like my, uh, my unseen guard. Sure. You know, they kind of, they, they kind of watch out for me, even when I've gone to other, other places to like, say for instance, a house sit or watch somebody's pets, um, I'll hear footsteps, like, going up and down steps. Um, I'll feel, like, cold spots near me, like someone's kind of sitting around me. And I'll hear someone pacing upstairs, and I know there's no one else in the house but me. 
Interesting. Well, it could yeah. be Thaddeus, too. Tad is always welcome. <laughs> well, Aubrey, what would you say is your favorite piece of equipment to use? My favorite, uh, still to this day, is my SB7 Spirit Box. I had the opportunity to test one when I helped a friend of mine during a Ghost Hunters weekend in Cape May, of course, of all places. Um, a very haunted uh, town, so to speak. It's got its basis like in old Victorian times, and you can see it throughout the construction of some of the um, hotels and homes in the area. Um, in this particular place, um, it was the second night, and that's when the, the paying guest got to go on a tour of this place and conduct small mini-investigations throughout the house. Well, my buddy, whose name was Dustin, he had a ghost box and an ever-so-lovely $200 cigar box speaker. He's like, you want to try this? I said, yes, I would love to. <laughs> so of course, I turned it on, and um, I'm asking, all right, who's here? And, you know, I, I heard a lady go, hi, like real whispery. I heard a, a, a child's voice, a childlike voice saying me but there was a very mean male spirit and he just kept calling me a very nasty word and he kept going over it and over it and over it. i'm like well one thing i don't like is i don't like being called nasty words so i actually screamed right back at him i go hey I am a woman, and you will treat me as such. Several people heard the speaker in a voice say, Okay. I said, You need to apologize. I'm a woman, and I don't like being disrespected. Same voice came through again. I'm sorry. So after after that was uh, the next day when I left, I said, I'm going to order one of those uh, SB7 spirit boxes as soon as I get home. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah. And I've used it many times. Um, when I first uh, got it, I tested it out for two weeks, playing with different sweep rates, rates and... Um, you know, AM, FM, forwards, backwards, however I can get it. A lot of times I go backwards. Um, I said, I said, I know you guys are here. I said, I'd like to know who is here. I got four male names. I said, where are you guys from? It said, the battlefield. And at that point, there was only one that I was going to. So, okay, I, I know where you guys came from. And when I first got the tape, the night I took it, the SB7 spirit box on an investigation with me at this Paoli battlefield. I turned it on, make sure things was, were working, make sure my batteries were good, everything was good. I said, and I said to them, I said, have you guys always been here? Referring to anything that, or anyone that had been in the room. And it sounded like some smart, smarty pants was saying, of course, we've always been here. Turned it off, wrapped everything up, got my stuff in the car, and I just had this look on my face like, wow. 
They've always been here. You know, that, that answers a few things. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, one last thing I want to touch on with you here, Aubrey, is you were talking about um, when you guys were at the the battlefield, you were asking questions with the, with your um, dousing rods, mm-hmm. and and you were saying that having everybody too close together was kind of muddling the response. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was it was muddling the response because they were kind of moving back and forth, back and forth. And in past experience, I, I've known them. If they do that, we're near a ley line, which I I wouldn't doubt. Um, but go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're fine. And I mean, you can get onto a whole another episode just talking about ley lines with me, because um, that's that's something I've really been into lately and doing a lot of research into. And and I just I find it extremely fascinating. And like I said, we can we'd be off in the weeds in a whole different world and back again before we finish the episode. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I guess I never have heard before that having people too close together with them can can kind of blur the answers a little bit. So it's it, it's better when you're doing a. a re, uh, question answer session with them to be more spread out to be spread spread out a little in, in my mind i was getting the idea that since there were so many there they may have been confused and to make it more simpler to make it more easier we 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 i just said spread out a little bit sure. and it seemed to work it definitely seemed to work Huh, well, that's that's definitely something I'll have to try the next time I'm using them. I mean, I I personally don't use them very often, and I just I think it's more of a just a personal thing because I just I don't like to feel that I'm controlling something that I may be interfering with the answers to. Because I know you know you do the crossed for yes, the move it away for no. Um, I just I'm always scared I'm going to tip it just right when I'm asking a question and it's going to move when it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. However, uh, my, that friend, that particular female friend and I, we we were actually using dowsing rods back to back to see if we would get some of the same answers. And this was done in daytime. We were asking questions and we were getting the same answers, both of us with dowsing rods, which I thought was very interesting at the moment. That is really interesting. So, I mean, I've. I've only used them a few times, like I said, and and but you're right, they're they're amazing for detecting different sources of energy, especially in regards to like ley lines. Um, that's that's usually when I end up pulling them out when I think that there may be a an inner I don't want to say an interference, but an interaction due to a ley line. Exactly. Exactly. When I when I see them kind of swinging back and forth, back and forth, and acting a little crazy, it's like okay. I said, I think we may have hit some. It may have hit the paranormal pay dirt. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. So, Aubrey, we kind of mentioned it a little bit before earlier in the show, um, but I want to make sure we touch on it again. Um, what are all the different places that they can find you in Thin Line Paranormal? Well, right now, as it's, well, I'm mostly the one that that handles um, all the. Uh, Thinline Paranormal stuff. Um, we're on Facebook, definitely under Thinline Paranormal. 
And as I said, um, if, if people have any questions or are interested in possibly becoming a member, just hit us up, thinlineparanormal at gmail.com. All right, perfect. And like I said, we're going to go ahead and put those on our show notes so that way everybody can find find them and, you know, have some good conversations. If, you know, again, if you're interested in joining a team and you're in that area, you know, definitely look Aubrey up and, and, and have a conversation with her and see, you know, if it's something that you can get into and something that um, – that that'll excite you because i mean i'll i'll say it firsthand here i mean aubrey has a, a wealth of knowledge in the paranormal and she's definitely someone that getting involved with would definitely boost your abilities and your activity in the paranormal realm exactly i'm always willing i'm always willing to answer questions and i'm always willing to teach if, if people would like to learn Absolutely. Well, Aubrey, I appreciate you taking the time tonight, finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's been awesome. Great. Well, you have yourself a good night. You too, Brandon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Aubrey Baldwin from Thin Line Paranormal for being our guest tonight. And thanks to all for you for tuning in. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please remember to leave us a five star or give us a review. It helps us to get the word out about the show, and we want to hear your feedback to help make the show better. If you're an Android listener, you can follow us on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, so you never miss an episode. Remember, if you like the show, tell a friend. You can find us on any podcast directory. My name is Brandon, and you have been listening to the best place to bring our paranormal teams a little closer together. The Pair Unity Podcast. Mm-hmm.